It's been estimated that the background rate of cancer shouldn't be greater than 1%. If that's the case, then why is cancer so prevalent? Hi, everybody. It's Dr. Steve Pederuti, and you're listening to the Intellectual Medicine Podcast. Today, we're going to be discussing some of the hidden causes of cancer and risk factors that it will help you to be aware of so you can avoid them, modify what you do, and consider novel approaches to diminish our risk. Remember that screening for cancer doesn't actually prevent cancer. It's looking for the culprit after the fact, after it's already been established. Okay, we all know that cigarette smoking is a contributor to cancer. But what about things beyond that? Is it possible that the environment we're living in is conducive to causing cancer? And is it possible that some of the medical treatments that are rendered to us, both therapeutic treatments and diagnostic, may increase cancer rates? We're going to look at some compelling evidence on each case and then talk about ways to help mitigate it. First, let's talk about radiation. Radiation is a major contributor, a major cause of cancer. There's a reason why when you get an x-ray, the technician dives out of the room or ducks behind lead. We all know that Chernobyl and Fukushima, areas where they've had radioactive catastrophes, have ended up with increased cancer rates years later. So there's a problem. There's a delay between exposure and effect. Another problem with radiation, it's cumulative. An x-ray done at age 10 adds to the x-ray done at 15, etc. In our culture, we've become so accustomed to x-rays. If it hurts, you get a picture. No consideration is given to total lifetime accumulation of radioactive exposure. You know, when I was growing up in medicine, glioblastoma, which is a form of malignant brain cancer, highly fatal, was a rare condition. I can remember all of us residents going up to the floor to observe a patient with this unfortunate diagnosis because it was relatively uncommon. Now, a month can't go by where I don't hear about somebody acquiring this diagnosis. Why is that happening? I think one of the contributors may be the frequency with which CAT scans are performed. You can't slip and fall nowadays and show up in an emergency room without a CAT scan happening. Oftentimes, the CAT scan of the brain occurs before you even are seen by the doctor. Now, there are a number of reasons for this. One, it's reimbursed. Two, it's a medical legal protection. The CAT scan is done. Doctors have a level of comfort that they haven't missed anything. What can you do in this setting? Well, you can pause and be assertive in directing your care. Ask questions. Is this x-ray necessary? Can it be delayed? If you don't get the x-ray, are you likely to suffer a fatal consequence in the near term? By asking questions, sometimes the need for excessive x-rays can be avoided. Even simple x-rays like a mammogram. Is it possible that the frequency of mammograms may actually increase the risk of breast cancer? It's plausible. It's difficult to ever determine by virtue of 
studies because it's so pervasive. Some other things that you can do, some of the areas where cancer risk appears to be prevalent. The use of antibiotics has been tied to increasing rates of breast cancer, and more recently, increasing rates of colon cancer. Moderate, this is from a Swedish study, moderate use of antibiotics had a 9% increased risk of colon cancer, and high use, a 17% increased risk. We're not sure why that occurs. It's possible disruption of the healthy bacterial balance in the colon is a contributor. We know that frequent use of antibiotics is problematic for our gastrointestinal health, can be a precursor to the development of malabsorptive syndromes because of disruption of the bacteria in the colon. Even a 10-day cycle of antibiotic can be disruptive for up to several months. So once again, pause and ask questions. Remember folks, a head cold, a sinus infection, a sore throat is overwhelmingly viral in most people. And the use of antibiotics can be counterproductive. Ask questions. One, do I need this antibiotic? Will I die if I don't get it? Two, if I delay taking it, is there a chance I'll get better on my own? If the doctor says, yeah, you're not gonna die, and oh, by the way, you might get better on your own, and simply ask, is it okay if we wait a few days then? I'm comfortable observing my symptoms. By sharing your philosophy with your provider, you can help craft your treatment plan. The same thing when it comes to things like a chest X-ray in the face of a cough, or a CAT scan of the abdomen in the face of abdominal pain. In some cases, they can be life-saving interventions. In other cases, they can be rather casually administered with very little clinically valuable outcome. So folks, bear in mind that you are the ultimate guide of your own care, right? You're master of your ship. So we talked about antibiotics. Another study recently correlated the use of antipsychotics with an increased risk of breast cancer. Antipsychotics, by the way, are one of the fastest growing categories of drugs in America. These drugs include agents like Risperdal, Seroquel, and Abilify. They can be incredibly valuable for people battling schizophrenia. They're also used off-label for people with depression and anxiety. If you're on one of these drugs, my intent isn't to have you abandon them, but rather to engage your doctor with a conversation and factor into that risk analysis, the role of cancer. It is possible that it all is tied into obesity and weight gain. Certainly, uh, the use of antipsychotics has been shown to increase obesity rates. Also, ironically, the use of antibiotics is tied to increase obesity. Antibiotics are commonly applied to animal feed in order to help fatten them up. This might have something to do with disruption of the microbiota, you know, bacteria in the gut. There's a correlation between obesity and cancer, 14 different kinds of cancer. So here we've got a pandemic of obesity. At the same time, cancer rates are rising. And there's not a sense of urgency from the medical world at large to stop this from happening. You know, the medical community 
the pharmaceutical hospital complex is not focused on preventative health. They are reactionary. They are interventionist in the face of disease. Their role is essential, but it's limited in focus. It's important for you to appreciate that so you don't passively wait for the conventional healthcare access to address your health. Your vitality is directed by you. A good primary care doctor is an invaluable asset. You know, I'm a family doctor by trade. And family doctors, nurse practitioners, pediatricians, primary care across the board has been diminished in relevance and subordinated by the pharmaceutical hospital complex. They have been relegated to rank employees in many cases. And I find this too bad. You need a strong advocate and it's difficult for somebody who's beholden to their boss to be your strong advocate. I, I encourage you to look for independent practitioners. And yes, consider a naturopath or a chiropractor to gain information from when it comes to maintaining your best health. Cancer may soon be the leading cause of death in America. What's going on? Well, we have to talk about toxic metals. We have to because so few other people are having this conversation. When it comes to preventing cancer, elimination of toxins is critical. We've talked about a few of them, excessive antibiotics, certain drug therapies, obesity, and yes, radiation, exposure to abundant x-rays. What about lead? What about cadmium? What about these toxic metals, the byproduct of hundreds, if not thousands of years of manufacturing that has polluted the world? Yep, global warming is an issue, but with those pollutants comes abundant toxic heavy metals. They're in the air, the water, they get inside the soil and they grow up in the plants we eat. Even organic GMO free plants will carry heavy metals inside of them. Your drinking water has lead and other toxic metals in it in most cases. It's hard to eliminate. When they were building the water system years ago, they didn't know that lead was going to be such a problem. And the pipe that brings water to your home, particularly in the older cities, much of that system is lead lined. Even lead free plumbing fixtures are allowed to have in some cases up to 7% of lead in them and be labeled lead free. So the point isn't to be paranoid walking through the planet, it's to simply accept the fact that we have created a toxic planet. It's not our fault, we were born into it. Now we need to consider what action we can take. Yeah, we're not gonna to go to a new planet anytime soon. Even Elon Musk is stuck here with the rest of us plebeians. But you can do something about it. You can get those heavy metal level levels tested. A provocative heavy metal test is something I highly encourage everybody to get at some point in their lives. It involves receiving an infusion of calcium EDTA, followed by an assessment of how much heavy metal comes out in your urine. These heavy metals like lead, cadmium, aluminum, mercury, 
they get into the bloodstream, into the body, but then they get buried in connective tissue and in bone where they corrode health over years and over decades, increasing risks of cancer, dementia, and heart disease. By testing how much is there, you can take an action to diminish it. And that action is not very aggressive or difficult to obtain. In the paper that I published showing the effect of intravenous chelation, individuals were able to reduce their toxic lead levels by 39% using infusions as infrequently as once every month or two. Not a high price to pay for reducing such a toxic substance. So get your heavy metal level tested. This can be done. Most functional medicine doctors have resources or can direct you toward where you can go to get it done. It's not part of conventional medicine. You will not find this type of provocative heavy metal test available at your local laboratory. But if you look for it, heavy metal testing, functional medicine doctors, I know that drip bars throughout the country offer this as part of their services. You should look for and seek out this type of testing. Now, once you know it's there, you can make a plan to eliminate it and diminish it. By virtue of intravenous chelation therapy, heavy metal levels can be reduced. Look, if the lot next door to your house were contaminated with lead or cadmium, they'd put yellow tape around it. They wouldn't let you near it because it's toxic. And reducing and eliminating toxics, toxic substances can only be beneficial toward our health. So when it comes to cancer, it's not enough to passively wait for a malignancy to occur. We need to get in front of the curve. Cancer is a cellular disease. Remember that. By the time a tumor is visible, it's likely been festering for years. Control percent body fat, absolutely. Reduce other risk factors, of course, smoking. Radiation exposure, minimize it. Antibiotics, minimize them. Antipsychotics, consider the risk of drugs. And absolutely, test your heavy metals. Make that part of your health preservation lifestyle. The new era is upon us. The idea of living past 100 is not a fanciful notion. It's a reality. And to get there, more importantly, to maintain robust health, it means avoiding malignancy. Although we don't have time to get into it in this podcast, suffice it to say that one of the risk factors for cancer is cancer treatment. The chemotherapy, the radiation therapy, even the post-cancer monitoring increases the risk of subsequent malignancy. So we can get stuck on a treadmill of escalating risk. But you can take charge of this. Yes, we live in a polluted world. Yes, the risk factors surround us. And it's true, we're not going to clean it up in our lifetime. But you, my friend, you're listening to this podcast, so you have knowledge most people don't. Stay with me, continue plugging in, and we'll continue to feed you information that you can reflect upon. And thank goodness, you can do your own homework. Smart people can go to the internet. They can challenge the things I say, and they can also investigate 
their own path toward best health. So folks, I'm Dr. Steve Pederuti, thinking about you all, get your heavy metal tested, lower your toxic metal levels, and join me in the pursuit of the 100-year lifestyle. It's a lot of fun. Till then, wishing you 120 youthful years. I'm Dr. Steve Pederuti on behalf of Intellectual Medicine. I'll see you next time.